if you eat eight to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day, there's a 31% decreased risk of all causes of death. And I can send you the link to this article. It's like, if almost, if you're decreasing your risk of all causes of death by about a third, by eating upwards of eight to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day, <laughs> that's pretty intense. That's like, that's pretty powerful. This is for the others out there, the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, we've got a great conversation on tap with Katie Rines. Katie is a registered dietitian nutritionist with the Create Cures Foundation Clinic in Santa Monica, California. She's been plant-based for over 10 years and wrote her master's thesis on plant-based nutrition and cancer. Katie is also a published author of The Heart Disease Cookbook, as well as a certified vegan chef who provides educational cooking classes and food demos for many audiences. She has experience working under some of the biggest plant-based doctors in the world and also has her own private practice where she utilizes her experience with plant-based nutrition and disordered eating. She is also a food freedom and body image coach and helps young women transition to plant-based lifestyle focusing on empowerment and health-promoting behaviors rather than weight. Katie enjoys teaching yoga and dance classes as well and incorporates mindset and holistic health into each consultation. We talked all about the plant-based lifestyle, her approach to mindset and eating, really fun combo, lots of nuggets. Broccoli is a good food. That's a big takeaway. Tune in to hear more. Give Katie a follow on Instagram at vitamin.katie. And without further ado, hope you enjoy this conversation. Beautiful. You love what? Breathing. Oh, breathing is so dope, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I love a good exhale. It's my favorite. Love a good exhale. Yeah, I was I was just listening to I think Ben Greenfield and Aubrey Marcus on their podcast, and they were they were talking about. um, I think Aubrey asked Ben like, "What's the what's one of the number one things that most people overlook that can really help them with their health and just presence throughout the day?" And he said, "Their connection to breath for sure." Yes. Yeah, I actually start most of my client calls with some breath work, some meditation, and um, it's so necessary to like start talking with my client if they're having a busy day. If I'm having a busy day, yeah, to actually be able to be present. And often afterwards, like, oh my god, I needed that, you know. And it's just right? like five deep breaths. I'm like, wow, you know. Yeah, we overlook that, and and I I like to say that's definitely the easiest tool that's been clinically proven to decrease blood pressure, to improve your digestion, to blah, 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 blah. Literally just taking a deep breath. So yeah, thank you. So, so you, you mean that there's something to the whole common adage of just take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. 
<laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Super cool. Well, I'm I'm stoked to have you. Thanks for coming on. Um I've I've been loving your content on IG. I always love tuning into that, just all of the above. So um I, I I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about like your approach to like how do you think about food? We'll start with a big question. How do you think about food? How do you what's your relationship like with food in your life? Let's start there. Let's dive in from that point. Oh my god, the vague, like broad question. Yes. How do I think about food? Well, um, I know somebody recently said to me that they're really excited that I'm I'm at this clinic working with cancer patients in alignment with nutrition because they've always seen me as somebody who really, 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 really <laughs> believes in the power of food, the power of food to, to heal, to heal the environment, to so much. And um, the way that I see food, I see it as, as so much. I see it as something that, yeah, it fuels me, but that's not all. Like, I think it's important to witness that food is something that I really, um, I'm committed to taking a stand with plant-based nutrition for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, a few of those reasons being my health, but definitely more and more importantly on a global, uh, on a global level, it being really important that we um, pay attention to what's going on with different industries. Right. So, so you've been plant-based for how many years? Um, I pledged to be vegan January 1st, 2011. So it. it's been over 10 years now. Yeah. Wow. Congrats on 10 year anniversary. Thank um, you. And wait, and I do want to say though, for all of the yeah. um, vegan police out there that um, I have not been a hundred percent vegan by any means for those like 10 plus years, you know, yeah. somebody gifts me a, a egg from their hen or I'll have some honey and something like, I think it's okay to have a li liberalized approach to like mm -hmm. what vegan, what plant-based looks like for you. But yeah, it's definitely been over 10 years that I've been almost vegan. <laughs> there you go. Time. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point. Cause it seems like so many people place so much value or almost like identity value too, and what their diet is or what the restrictions are. I'm vegan or I'm gluten-free or I'm this, like, do you feel like I'm sure that can be empowering, but do you feel like that can be limiting at times? Which I, I like your approach of what you're saying. Like if someone's going to gift me an egg or like, you know, I can, I can use my, my, my better guidance to be able to decide what I want to do here. But like, what's your thoughts on that? That's a great question. This is so interesting because lately a bunch of my clients have been like, oh God, you know, I, I'm vegan, but I, I went to this party and I just really wanted to have a piece of cake and I'm vegan. I didn't want people to look at me weird. And what am I supposed to do? And, um, I, the way that I teach this and um, what I recommend is um, there's no, there's no right answer for this question. My answer is what's most empowering for you. How do you feel explaining yourself um, in a way that's empowering for you? And for me, it's um, yeah, I really enjoy eating plants and I want to eat this egg right now. Like get off my case. I don't know, which honestly rarely happens. Like I really, I would never yeah. go out of my way to purchase an egg or anything like that. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, for me, it's definitely something that I, I cannot promise myself a hundred percent of the time for the rest of my life that I will be exclusively vegan. Like there's going to be that mm -hmm. time when I, you know, Erwan samples are happening again and I accidentally have a sample that has an animal product in it. And instead of being like, 
actually rolling on the floor, smacking the ground, angry about it, I'll be like, okay, whatever. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, sometimes people get way too wrapped up in these things to the point that it's unhealthy and it's actually not empowering. Right. Um, I make sure to remind my clients, what is the end goal? I know right. starting off my, my goal around eating healthily was like, oh my gosh, I want to, I want to be, I want to be healthy and happy. Meanwhile, in that process, 10 years ago, it becomes this, like, it eats you away, right? Mm. <laughs> the food eats you away. Like yeah. focusing no pun on intended. It. Does that make sense? Like it actually becomes it, too much and then you can't even yeah. live your life. You can't go to a wedding and have fun. You're just like focusing on the food the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's I, I feel like I, I totally hear you. And I, I was plant-based for maybe a year time. Um, and it was a great experiment. I, I, that was the first time I find, I actually like tapped into what I can like the power and potential of energy that I can actually feel was when I was like, and I cut out all the crap and I was just on plants and I felt like I, I lost a lot of weight and I ended up kind of finding my own balance that works for me. But it was the first time I realized, wow, what we put in our body actually can change our state. It can actually affect the way that we feel. And I don't have to feel like I, I thought it was just common that it's like you after you eat a meal, like you feel stuffed and bloated and you feel like you need a nap. Like that's just what happens, right? Like it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> so what, what do you notice? Like, did you have that moment of like awareness of, okay, what I put in my food, in my body matters? Do you, is that something you work on your clients with? Cause like, to me, that was entry level. Of course, of course. Yeah. I remember having my first vegan meal after I pledged to do that 10 years ago. I remember going into it being like, wow, this is going to suck. Like, how, how am I supposed to get full after I eat? What am I supposed to eat? Am I just going to eat dirt? And I went to a plant-based restaurant and I remember I was mind blown. It was so good. And I was actually, yeah, just like you said, I was actually energized. And I was like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Like, if this can be good, like I could, I could do this, you know? So, um, something that it's, that's exactly what all my clients say, honestly, is what you just said. They all say, oh my gosh, I feel like I don't want to take a nap right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I make my clients personalized meal plans and it's so cool hearing them being like, I just had to clean the house because I had so much energy, you know? <laughs> um, and it's interesting too, how you said, um, I, I was plant-based for a while and I'm willing to bet that you're probably still plant-based um, yeah. I hope that you still eat more foods that are derived from plant material than animal material, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what, what's the uh, Michael Pollan's book? That was a, that was a great one for me. Um, the one that you could sum up that basically was like uh, omnivore's dilemma. Maybe mm -hmm. but it was like eat, eat real food, mostly plants, not, not too, too much. much. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. Like that kind of idea. And that was pretty transformational for me also. But I, I, I think that one of the biggest things that removing animal products from my life for even just a short period did was when I reintroduced it, it had a different impact on me. It wasn't just like, oh, this is just, this is chicken or this is just meat. It's like, no, this is an animal. Like this was alive and this was an animal. So I'm going to give it more intention when I eat, even if it's just saying a quick blessing or prayer over it, or just giving it some thought that like this animal lived its entire life or this animal worked for it. That's why I love honey because bees take 16 bees their entire life to make one two teaspoon of honey. Mm. Like it's insane. Like the activation potential in that food that I'm now putting in my body, like I'm so, I'm so grateful for it. So that was like a big upgrade that I had for me with like reintroducing it. Um, 
So I, I don't know if that's something that you, if you can speak onto that to any level since you've completely Definitely. eliminated it for the most part. Definitely. What came to my mind as you were saying that was the newfound appreciation I've experienced for plants, not only mm. doing so much research um, on nutrition and the power that phytochemicals, antioxidants, like all these incredible plant materials have. When I go to eat a meal, it's like, wow, look at this magic medicine yeah. on this plate. There's that. But also my time in Hawaii, learning truly how much effort and time mm. goes into growing just like one tomato, you know, like blood, sweat and tears, especially if it's, if it's an organically grown, like no spray at all permaculture. Um, I was staying on a farm. It was just, it was a young farm, like maybe three years old. So it was still like figuring out what works, what doesn't. And yeah, like tending to it. Is there enough water? Is there enough sun? Is there too much sun? Blah, 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 blah. Like what, how's the pH of the soil? Mm. Like there's so much more that goes into that, that people don't realize just going to a grocery store. It's like, oh, look at all this food all the time. Like, blah, 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 blah. Um, but as far as, yeah, animal products go and how easy that is, there's a lot that I could talk about as far as like what I teach my patients here. Yeah. Really, really important. <laughs> there's actually one patient that I saw yesterday. I was like, no chicken recommended. Like I see chicken on his, like he's, he's like still eating chicken. I'm like, no, no, like stop it. You have cancer. And, um, it's crazy how, especially for older people, it's a lot harder for them to like change their ways. But anyways, yeah. I am. Have you heard of insulin like growth factor? IGF one. No. no, tell me so, about it. Yeah. So whenever we eat animal protein, um, a question that I get is, wait a second, isn't protein, uh, especially animal protein good for you? We want high biologic value protein because we want to build muscle, right? You're an athlete, Josh. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, I yeah. want this egg protein and people really like eggs because they they do have the most high biologic value protein and just like when you eat refined sugar it spikes your blood glucose to a point that it's unhealthy yeah. right we don't want to have like that concentrated source of sugar it's kind of like that with protein when we have such concentrated protein we have a spike of insulin like growth factor so this growth factor is signaling grow 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 and if we're definitely, if we're not getting enough sleep, if we're not taking in any antioxidants, any vegetables, if we're stressed out, that growth factor, it's like, hello, cancer, let's go. Like, let's grow, 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 grow. Mm. Um, these mutated DNA. It's just going to grow. Every, you're saying it's just going to spike growth with everything, even the exactly. bad cells. Perhaps. Yeah, we don't need. Gotcha. And um, with longevity research, and if you've heard of the blue zones, places around the world, yeah. people live to be over 100 they generally eat a pretty low protein diet, the centenarians mm. do. And what's cool about researching longevity, noticing if we can do something to protect our cell membranes from damage, if we can do something to protect our DNA, not only that does that prevent aging, but that really does protect us from chronic disease, um, whether that be cancer or autoimmunity or inflammatory mm -hmm. diseases, we're, we're protecting our cell membranes from damage, our, our DNA from damage. And at all times, we are building new cells. Like our body's going to be completely new in seven to 10 years. And if we're mm -hmm. going to have new cells, we are going to really want to be creating healthy cells and not have the potential to develop cancer, have that be um, a situation that's possible. If we're eating all the broccoli, right. that probably is not going to happen. 
Um, gotcha. Is that, does the DNA stuff, does that have anything to do with telomeres? Is that involved? Totally. With that? Yeah. Yeah. So over time, your telomeres decrease in length. We want to mm -hmm. keep those. And that's, and that's what, is that part of your DNA? Is that part of your, what is, what are, what are the telomeres? Yeah. 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 Got it. Yeah. Um, okay. So longevity, this is a really interesting topic for me. So what, tell me, tell me what you know about longevity. This seems like to be an area of interest or specialty for you as well, yeah. around focusing on longevity. Um, well, yeah, the doctor I work under Dr. Walter Longo, um, he wrote, he wrote the book, <laughs> the longevity diet, and it is based on a lot of clinical studies and a lot of research, but basically I, I do recommend my patients eat a longevity diet approach and, um, which is what, which comprises what's a long, a longevity diet approach, meaning, meaning to eat, eat, to live long, right. Yeah. To live longer, to live healthier, right. longer, longer health span, not just lifespan. It's like you are active, you are healthy, you're vibrant. You have, your brain is like high functioning as you're, aging. that's the goal, right? Like that should be the, like, that's my goal at least, right. To Definitely. like ride into old age and still be active as possible Definitely. as long as possible. And I am going to, I'm going to point out like points to, to note that are included in a longevity diet. But before mm -hmm. I even go into this, I want to make sure that everybody listening has a clear understanding that this isn't difficult and we all know what's healthy and what's not. Honestly, mm -hmm. most of us do. I mean, obviously there are a lot of people out there who are really uneducated and like, it's really unfortunate, but honestly, you probably have an idea that vegetables are good for you and junk foods are bad for you. And right. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, oftentimes with people coming into my office, yes, I'm going to recommend them this incredible diet, maybe a fasting mimicking approach, blah, 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 blah. There's a lot that we can recommend based on research. However, usually it is starting with something like, all right, let's stop smoking the cigarettes. Let's stop drinking all this alcohol. Let's, you know, first take away the things that are causing it. Let's stop working 80 hour work weeks and drinking, you know, eight servings of caffeine a day. Uh, <laughs> right. Like actually like making really, really basic, like taking a look at your life and realizing like, wow, that's how I got here. Instead of probably the stuff your first recommendations are probably stuff they know they need to do anyway exactly right? like yeah the oh stuff they're consciously like i know this is probably not good for me or this is not helping me definitely and yeah yeah my cancer patients all always they're like yeah i i see that i did this to myself and it's in mm. i say like you know this is a blessing in disguise now you get an excuse finally to change but i don't want anybody listening to need to get cancer to change the way they live honestly um, I love the quote, you can either be enlightened or frightened into change. And um, yeah, so I hope that everybody feels enlightened enough <laughs> to make a change for the better. Um, but yeah, the longevity diet, it is a plant-based approach for sure. It can be exclusively vegan, um, but with the longevity diet based on Centenarians Blue Zone research, recommendations are maximum with animal products exclusively maximum four ounces of fish twice a week. So I'm going to start out saying mm -hmm. that we want it to be exclusively plant-based. If you don't want to ethically do the fish, um, I recommend, I personally don't eat fish. I recommend doing a plant-derived EPA DHA supplement because the only reason why we would recommend fish at all, especially because of mercury and the microplastics and overfishing is, is because of the healthy fats. Most people don't mm -hmm. get in enough omega-3 fatty acids, which 
are one of the two essential fats, omega-6 or the other essential fat. Omega-6s are a lot more abundant in things like olive oil, avocado, literally all nuts and seeds can contain omega-6. But with omega-3, it's really a lot easier to get um, for most people. I personally think it's a lot easier to get from two tablespoons of ground flax seeds or soaked chia seeds or hemp seeds or walnuts. Um, however, yeah, so plant-based and with the fish recommendation, it's the acronym is SMASH fish. The wild organic as possible, um, low mercury fish. So sardines, mackerel, anchovies, salmon, and herring. If you are going to eat animal products, maximum four ounces a week mm -hmm. or four ounces a serving and two days a week. Does that make sense? Got it. Um, yeah. exclusively plant-based and we want to make sure it's high complex carbohydrate and higher in healthy fats. So that's like 55% mm, of your calories from carb complex carbohydrates and about 35% of your calories from, uh, healthy fats. Okay. And those healthy fats are obviously, yeah, that can actually include things like olive oil and hemp. I recommend hemp seeds a lot. Hemp seeds are amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and no animal products. I mean, no, not, I'm sorry. No, no red meat. Definitely no red meat. Definitely no milk. What's, definitely what's the, no what's the take on red meat? Like what's the beef on red meat? What's Pun intended. On red meat. Well, like I mentioned before, of course, with any animal protein, you're going to have a, an increase in Spike. growth factor, which is not helpful. That's increasing aging. That's increasing a lot of things. Um, red meat is, it's a group. Is it a group? two carcinogen. I think processed meat is group one and, and red meat is group two carcinogen, according to the World Health Organization. And it's, yeah, it's so carcinogenic that it's really recommended by the World Health Organization to not eat it um, for lots of reasons. Um, a few being, it does contain obviously not, there's no fiber, no antioxidants, high saturated fat, high cholesterol. Um, you're going to be taking in plant, excuse me, animal derived iron, which is actually pro-inflammatory. We want to get our iron from plants, which is a lot more easily to, uh, to navigate if we're getting too much or not enough. It's a lot easier for our bodies to, um, mm -hmm. yeah, to absorb the, the correct amount. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's crazy to me how people don't see also the global impact of red meat and how much time and energy and how many resources it takes to get that red meat to your plate, like we were, we were talking about before. Um, but mm -hmm. as far as health-wise, yeah, there's nothing that's going to increase your health span or your lifespan, unless you obviously are malnourished and you need, you need something. Um, then I guess, you know, what are you comparing the red meat to and what state of health are you in at the moment? Um, I guess it depends for everybody if that's literally the only thing available and that's the only thing that you're able to absorb or whatever mm -hmm. it is, then, um, then yeah. Gotcha. So uh, that's interesting. I didn't know it was, it's a, a group one carcinogen. Should we so double it's check literally, this? <laughs> yeah, let's double check it. We, can, we can also put it in the show notes. World if, Health if Organization. Red meat. So what, what this is, what this is saying is red meat contains carcinogens like it's a link to it's known to be linked to cancer i don't understand that so let's see yeah 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 so um i just like briefly just scanning this harvard article 
um there's gonna be a lot that just like have you ever had um have you ever juiced your own like juice like green juice yeah and have you ever yeah. let it sit in the fridge for like more than a day yeah and doesn't it turn kind of brown and it's weird and you're like I don't even want to drink this anymore yeah I think that people don't realize that you're going to need to add a lot of preservatives and a lot of mm -hmm. things to red meat. And I'm glad that I, I looked this up because I forgot about this. Like these nit these nitrites, nitrosamines, often they're injected with red color number four or whatever. Mm. Like people don't realize the additives in these things. And even if, Interesting. It, even if it is 100% red meat or whatever, um, and even if it's lean, people don't realize that you are intaking hormones also. Um, so a lot of my cancers, prostate cancer, breast cancer, um, these are hormone related cancers. They're really common. And mm. we want to, you know, the, the quickest therapy for that is um, people take medications to decrease their testosterone so that they don't increase the cancer growth. And it's like, obviously you want to stop eating meat because you're just continuing to take in more hormones, hormones and testosterone. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that people should really read the ingredients labels too. Like even deli meats, they don't realize how much sugar is added, how much sodium is added. There's gotta be a lot of sodium in there, um, mm -hmm. which really affects your blood pressure and the integrity of your blood vessels. Right. So if you're hunting your own meat and like eating it right there in the wild, that's going to be better for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's probably definitely uh, going to be a lot better for you for sure. Um, right. But th obviously that's not accessible for, for, for most, most of us humans. Maybe <laughs> I would, like, I guess I could see myself eating meat if I was literally like, what is it called? Spearfishing or something. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like the little fish in the middle of, I don't know, but still like that seems kind of, I just, I'm honestly imagining like an actual caveman. Like, yeah, I just, right. I don't see yeah. that being. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the healing like benefits that the plant-based diet provides people with? Mm. Well, that's a very loaded question. Um, oh, just overall umbrella, I could speak towards just getting fiber. People are uh, constantly, well, okay, generalization. I don't think people pay close enough attention to their bowel movements. I really don't. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's very, very important to make sure that your bowel movement doesn't take too long and it's easy to pass. And it's, um, yeah, you, you want to have beautiful bowel movements every single day. And most people aren't experiencing that and it's unfortunate. <laughs> so one of yeah. the easiest ways to not only improve your digestion, um, which improving your gut microbiome, I, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, 90% of your feel good hormone, that feel good neurotrans neurotransmitter called serotonin, 90% of it produced in your gut. Also, um, inflammatory factors like C-reactive protein, immune markers, a lot of our immune function and uh, our capacity to fight off disease, it starts with our microbiome and our gut. And if we're not taking in a diversity of types of fiber, 
then there's no way that we're going to be really able to be calm and happy and at peace and focused. Mm. There's no that way that we're going to be able to actually fight off infections and um, yeah, have have really peak um, defenses. Like it's a risk factor to develop autoimmune conditions for C-section babies, for people who are on antibiotics. Most of my people with autoimmune conditions in here were on multiple rounds of antibiotics for some sad infection or something, honestly. So they usually end up developing autoimmunity if they have to continue with aggressive antibiotics. It's really sad. Um, and cause yeah, cause it all starts in your gut. Yeah. Um, that's what they're on that note. Like I, I know that there's a lot of science coming out around this as the mm-hmm. gut is the second brain. Yeah. Right? And you know, when you get that gut feeling, like there's a reason why we say that gut feeling or that gut intuition that, yeah. that I, that I've learned recently that, like you just said, that like most of our immune system really lives in our gut somehow. I don't yeah. really quite understand that. Maybe you can help me understand that a bit more, but that, and that, um, and that there's like, more like neuro connections that are happening in our gut that are similar to the brain or more than the brain or around there. I don't know. But uh, do you know any more details on those? Honestly, I can't speak to the specifics of it, like the specific peer reviewed literature on the topic. I can't necessarily speak to it um, specifically, but I will say in regards to a plant-based diet, um, I have done research along the lines of different types of fiber and um, the benefits from those. And it's really, really cool to witness that, first of all, there's a lot of different types of fiber, like resistant starches versus soluble fiber, insoluble fiber, um, just every single little molecule that makes up the mass of a, of a food and the fiber changes when you cook it. Like there's mm-hmm. so much. And um the bacteria in our gut really does feed off of that fiber. And depending on whether or not we're taking in a variety of different types of plants, those amazing microbiota may or may not be present, may or may not be thriving. So if there's anything that we all take away from this, it's to um, feed your gut with some amazing colors and variety of plant foods. Yeah. Including things like beans, um, want to cook your beans well I recommend soaking them if you don't have a pressure cooker make sure that um yeah potatoes getting those resistant starches and that's one reason why the longevity diet like majority of the calories are coming from complex carbohydrates those are the foods that are higher in fiber we're not spiking the blood sugar because there's a lot of fiber in there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's fascinating to me that there's this coming out around the gut. And when you think about when you say, you know, what is it? Is it Hippocrates? Let the food be thy medicine. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that line, Mm -hmm. when you look at, and you think about with what we now know about the gut and your microbiome and how it affects your health, your mood, all these other different things, like it really does start there. It seems like, and it seems like the root seems like it can be treated as the root cause to a lot of other symptoms that our, you know, our, our medical system is just trying to put band-aids on for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Something I tell a lot of my patients, there's a huge meta-analysis going over something crazy, but meta-analyses are huge, right? We're, we're ana- analyzing lots and lots and lots of research. And there was a conclusion that I remember it was eight to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables if you eat eight to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day, there's a 31% percent 
decreased risk of all causes of death. And I can send you the link to this article. It's like, if almost, if you're decreasing your risk of all causes of death by about a third, by eating upwards of eight to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day, <laughs> that's pretty intense. That's like, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Insane. That's yeah. so powerful and so overlooked. Yeah. And I could also, when you first asked that question, I'm like, okay, wow, which food should I talk about first? It's like I could talk for an hour just about the benefits of broccoli. Like yeah. broccoli alone, there's, yeah, there's enzymes in there that convert to an incredible antioxidant that's been proven over and over and over to kill breast cancer stem cells. Um, it's mm. called sulforaphane. There's sulforaphane supplements out there now, but really you can just get it by eating raw broccoli. Um, and yeah, Do you have I to eat it in like super mass quantities to get the, the dose that you need or no? No, it's a reasonable amount. I recommend like a wow. half a cup of raw broccoli a day. I prefer, I want to recommend everybody eat some broccoli sprouts. Broccoli sprouts are a lot more concentrated and um, it's definitely going to be raw if you eat the sprouts, like if you eat the sprouts in a sandwich. So the enzyme that does the conversion that makes the antioxidant, the enzyme is really heat sensitive. So it will die if you boil it, but there's a, there's a hack to this. Um, so it's Dr. Michael Greger coined the, the hack and hold method because mm. the conversion happens when you chew the raw vegetable and also when you chop it. So if you like get home from the grocery store or whatever, and you chop your raw broccoli and let it sit for like a half hour, 40 minutes, let your broccoli sit. And then the sulforaphane should be created with that. Got it. And then with you the can, cutting of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can cook it because the sulforaphane does survive the heat, but the enzyme doesn't. Ah, interesting. Interesting. So you want to cut your broccoli before you cook it and then you should get the, the sulforaphane. Is that what it's called? Sulforaphane? Yeah. And then you should, you should. Yeah. That's cool. So broccoli, what's, what's, what's your favorite food right now? Like what food are you just loving right now? <laughs> what's my favorite food right now? <laughs> well, I'll favorite always, vegetable. I'll, I'll always love broccoli right now. I want to give a shout out to the, the zucchini and farmer's market or and tomatoes at the farmer's market. Um, Cause yeah, it's, I think it's crazy how different tomatoes actually in particular, tomatoes are so much better when they're ripe and fresh from the farmer's market than when you get them like at the grocery store mm -hmm. and they're not ripe. Yeah. Um, and tomatoes are amazing. Shout out to tomatoes. If you've heard of the red pigment lycopene, there's research around that being preventative of prostate cancer. Um, and also it's pr protective of skin cancer too. So if you have like watermelon in the summer, I love watermelon. I should have said watermelon. I love, I guess that's not a vegetable. But, <laughs> um, anything red. Yeah. Watermelon, tomatoes, you're going to want to eat those in the summer, prevent your skin cancer with lycopene. It may, I'm not going to say it does. It may prevent. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so fascinating to me. Um, so you love food so much that you <laughs> created a cookbook. Is that right? So, is this true? Are these facts? Well, I'm sure like, it's kind of interesting how um, I, I feel like a lot of my accomplishments, it doesn't feel like I necessarily made them happen. Um, this, this kind of fell in my lap. So this publishing company reached out to me to write a cookbook for them. I feel like if I were to write a book, it probably would be um, a little bit more mindset, a little bit more um, mm -hmm. different audience, but yeah, this, this heart disease cookbook, super grateful. I love it. It was a really fun project. I definitely recommend it. It's, um, five ingredients or less, 30 minutes or less 
or a one pot meal full of recipes. It's got research in there, reasonings behind all the recipes. Um, and yeah, it's it was really fun. And it's in stores. It's in like Barnes and Noble and stuff, which is really cool. That's so cool. But um, yeah, it's not necessarily like my book. I got you. Yeah. What would be different in your book? You say mindset. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Well, obviously, since working with Sander and you and like figuring out my niche, I feel like I would I would cater more towards um, a holistic health approach and really, really making sure that people are um, feeding themselves with primary food, which I teach this primary food concept from the integrative. If you've heard of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, they coined this. Yep. Um, primary food as in like what what's your passion what's your excitement making sure you're having fun in this life um, so that these changes can be sustainable a lot of people um, yeah they pick up this cookbook and they're you know gonna do these things and then yeah their life gets stressful and they don't do it I've just been in this business in this for too long personally and just working with other people to think that just making a nutrition recommendation is going to change anything. People need to have the mindset behind it, the empowerment, the excitement, the, yeah, the enlightenment behind it. Um, instead of just thinking that, yeah, at least that's the way I see it. I would definitely talk yeah. more about mindset. I, I, what's like, what's the number one mindset upgrade that people can employ to see results right away or what the common thing that you start with when it comes to mindset around this mm-hmm. well maybe not for everybody well actually no for everybody i'm gonna make a very general <laughs> statement i think that the number one place to start for everybody is to witnessing is to witness their relationship with themselves so often people aren't aware that um taking these action steps towards eating healthier it really is a act out of a place from uh, i am worthy of of doing this for myself and i love myself i'm excited to do this i'm excited to take care of myself um so how do i how do i say this as like mm. I feel like I'm being kind of vague with <laughs> with the mindset recommendation I'm making, but often um, people just hate themselves and hating yourself isn't a sustainable motivation to change. People, I, at least personally, I can speak for myself. I used to have an alarm on my phone that said like, like you suck, go for a run. You know, it's like, and we think that that's sustainable motivation. We think that um, hating ourselves and like beating ourselves up equals happiness when in reality like it has to start with the way of being like instead of waiting until after you eat the salad until after you um until yeah until after you change to feel good about yourself instead of waiting you've got to start with that you've got to start mm-hmm. with being loving and being happy and being at peace and then go about the actions um but it's, I love that. it's different for every client where they're at and where they need to start mm-hmm. with their mindset. But yeah, that's um, 
the B. But, but it it sounds like the beginning is that you've got to you've got to want to change and you've got to have the mindset to change and have the reasons to to implement these things because like we we're talking about all a lot of this stuff. I mean, there's fast some fascinating stuff in the details of the enzymes and the different ingredients that are the different you know uh, amazing things that happen when you eat some of these foods, but like you said, most of the places to start is just cutting out the stuff that you know you need to cut out. And in order to do that, like that takes, it takes willpower, sure, but it takes like a deeper inspiration or it takes a deeper mindset, a longer term mindset to latch onto. Right. Yeah. What way of being are you being most of the time? What thoughts are taking up your head most of the time? We don't see this water that we're swimming in. And I feel like most of the time, most people don't realize on autopilot, they're being very stressed and they're being very critical on themselves and they're being, um, yeah, really just judgmental of themselves and noticing that if we like allow ourselves to be at peace first, which does take practice, it takes setting intention. It takes like setting an alarm. I recommend everybody if you're new to this mindset stuff to set a reminder, I recommend a lot of my clients when they start working with me, set a reminder every single hour, where's your focus? Because we, we can easily just be focusing on like, oh my God, I suck. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And then have anxiety and then go to Dairy Queen. Or we could be like, okay, no, like I can actually focus on an empowering perspective here. I can reframe what's going on. I can realize that this is happening for me. And yeah, and be at peace while washing the dishes, while making the meals, while instead of like Mm -hmm. doing it all stressed the whole day and then think that that's ever going to change our way of being. It's not. Yeah. Love that. Um, And when we're talking about this longevity diet, like what else goes into this besides just the food that you eat? Like what else do you think? It sounds like mindset's another important factor, but like- what are other general kind of ideas that you think about longevity as it relates to to food, as it relates to just lifestyle, wellness in general? Mm, um, in the longevity diet and especially in the blue zones, something that's really important is connection. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know like the, the research on this or whatever, but I think we can all agree that um, having connection like laughter play um it's important it's important to feel like we're understood we're supported um yeah i think that's really important <laughs> and yeah, i think that, actually that... one thing i want to add around that really quick is um people will always ask me oh katie but isn't red wine good for you like can't we drink some alcohol and um the only benefit around that is the communal connection aspect of it and obviously yeah if you're stressed out all day long and you're stressed being like oh I wish I could have some alcohol right now or like my friends are out drinking but I'm not going to it's like okay honestly it probably would be more healthy if you just had a glass of wine with your friends than being so stressed out and isolating yourself um yeah I I, I really I don't know about you but like I think that like I I, I believe so much I, I love like Dr. Joe Dispenza stuff and, and like the power of the 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 plus like the like you are the placebo yes. his book which is amazing and just like the power that our intention focuses and i'm sure you're familiar with the, the dr emoto study i think on water with how your intention yeah. can, can shift the water yeah. molecules so and, unbelievable um like I, I i also think that like if you're to that point like if you're just if you're unhappy and pissed off eating a green salad and you're just like 
eating it to eat it and you're just not having a good time with it, like it's probably not going to have as good of a benefit. This is purely anecdotal. This is not based on any evidence that I have, but it's probably not going to have a good of an impact on you than if you're like very intentionally eating it. Like I, I feel like I could eat something that's like when I eat cake that my mom makes, like I just believe so much with every fiber of my body that like this is made with so much love and this is so good for me. And I feel great when I eat it. I feel great after. I don't do it every day, obviously, but like that kind of idea of the intentionality and the mindset that we bring to the food and how it has an impact on our body. I'm so stoked that you brought this up. This is something that I teach a lot of my of my clients about because a lot of people are so strict with their diet and to the point where it's unhealthy, right? Well, like we were talking about earlier, and I'm not sure about the, the salad and being angry while eating it. I'm not sure about that, considering how healthy a salad is, if that yeah. would still be bad for you. But I do know that there's some research around um, people who ate an ice cream cone feeling guilty, feeling scared, feeling afraid, feeling like, oh, no, I shouldn't be eating this ice cream cone. What am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. When we're in that fight or flight response, like that does activate our sympathetic fight or flight nervous system where we're turning off the digestion. So everything that we eat, it's going to jack up our blood sugar. We're probably going to gain weight. We're probably going to, you know, cortisol spikes. Exactly. When cortisol spikes that basically you're in a diabetic state from that ice cream cone, just literally because you're so stressed out, (laughs) you're so stressed out. So noticing that compared to somebody who is like, oh, yay, ice cream, like amazing. This is fantastic. I'm so excited. They're in this parasympathetic rest and digest. It's literally called the rest or digest nervous system. So they're calm enough to have the hormones available to utilize that glucose and have it be easily assimilated and digested. And yeah, instead of having indigestion and weight gain and diabetes, this person is a lot more likely to experience just, well, yeah, long-term health and being fine. And obviously like, I'm not going to recommend that everyone's like, Oh, ice cream's healthy. Now I just have to be happy when I eat it. Like, obviously we don't yeah. want to eat too much ice cream. Like that is going to cause a blood sugar spike and make sure it's vegan. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's obviously going to be a lot healthy for you. Just like what you're yeah. saying when you're chilling it it makes a difference that's cool i didn't think about that of like what state you're eating in like if you're super stressed or on the go or trying to crush in food you're gonna like what you're saying is you're gonna be in the fight or flight the nervous system so you're not going to actually you're not gonna be rest and digest you're not gonna that that important part rest and digest so you're not gonna be able to absorb or your body's not gonna be able to handle that food as well as it would if you're like calm and centered and, and at peace is that what you're saying Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that goes back to like, I love that you asked what's the most important mindset piece that you start off asking about. It's definitely, yeah. What way of being are you being most of the time? And like get it, becoming aware of that, becoming aware of the beliefs that are running your life to create yeah. the feeling that you're experiencing, like becoming aware of that so that you can be like, oh, wow, I actually don't have to be stressed or upset or angry or resentful in this moment like I don't want to look back on my life and be upset about the years wasted for all the time I spent hating myself hating somebody else focusing Mm -hmm. on blah 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 reacting to the past yeah Um, it's totally possible to like really create a way of being without waiting for validation or waiting for anything else to change um we can actually yeah we can we can code those genes now um 
amazing. I know we've got to wrap here because we're coming up on time. Um, I want to ask one last question before as we wrap, which is what's like, what's the most surprising thing that most people don't know when it comes to their food? If you could, if you could answer that or something that is surprising or interesting that you find that most people like aren't aware of. Cool. Well, this may not be the most surprising or whatever, but the first thing that came to my mind was um, how it's definitely a lot more beneficial to eat most of our food earlier in the day than later in the day and how um, in the past, at least when I was in college doing research on nutrition, that was a huge myth. We were like, oh, it doesn't matter. Calories in, calories out. But now we see um, we have so many hormones with circadian rhythm and melatonin and like with sleep cycles, it's you're a lot more likely to develop chronic disease. And if you eat most of your calories, like right before you go to bed versus earlier in the day. Um, and yeah, actually practicing a intermittent fast of 12 hours, like a 12 hour eating window. We actually here, we don't recommend anything higher than like 14 to 15 hours of a mm -hmm. fasting window, just because most of the time people will like just binge and it hurts the gallbladder and it's just like, no. So 12 hours is great. 12 to 14 hours. Fantastic. If you accidentally do 14 to 16, that's fine. Um, but making sure that with that, you're not just eating all of your calories later in the day to, mm -hmm. um, yeah, eat a bigger meal earlier than, than later. I think that I thought that was pretty interesting. If you don't want that to change is. anything, um, just, yeah, I like that. That's a good, that's a good thought. Cool. Well, Katie, thank you so much. I know we could talk forever for a lot longer, but I'm not going to get, get you to your clients. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, and I'll make sure that we get all your info in the show notes for people to, to follow and to engage with you and reach out if they, if they need, um, anything else you want to share as we close here? No, thank you so much. I really appreciate yes. it. <laughs> Lots of fun. Thanks, Katie. Can't wait to see you soon. Bye.